0: hey it's david and it's tuesday morning may 14th wanted to weigh in as round two is over and we're about to start the final four the conference finals so friday night may 10th the warriors won in houston without kevin durant and eliminated houston for the second year in a row 118-113 another very close game in a very close series clay was spectacular with 27 as was steph curry 33 points all in the second half and just a terrific fourth quarter with Steph making big shots. Clay coming up with a big steal. Golden State needed big games from Steph and Clay and they delivered. Houston shot 17 for 39 from three, which usually gets the job done, but Houston faltered at the end of the game and could not match. Steph and Clay hitting big shot after big shot. Kind of a surprise victory. I think a lot of people thought Houston with Game 6 at home against the Warriors without Kevin Durant, that this one was going to go 7. But Warriors stepped up, got a big win, and for the second year in a row, eliminate Houston. So that's two years in a row that Houston has given Golden State a very good test. Last year, Houston was up 3-2 and lost in Game 7. This year, Houston was down 3-2 and lost Game 6 at home. So where does Houston go from here? On the one hand, I think Houston is the biggest threat or has been the biggest threat to the Warriors the last two seasons. Certainly no one has tested them as significantly as Houston has, but also as currently constructed, it would appear that from the last two years of evidence that Houston cannot beat the Warriors. So something to keep an eye on this summer, obviously a lot of free agent impact on both of these teams and all of the NBA. Will we be back again for round three of this rivalry next season, or will both of these teams be looking different? Saturday, there was no basketball, but the Lakers hired a coach. Under the guidance of Phil Jackson and Kurt Rambis, the Lakers hired Frank Vogel as head coach and Jason Kidd as assistant coach. That is an extraordinary sentence, considering the massive failures of each of those four guys. Phil was in charge of the Knicks. That is currently the worst franchise in the NBA. They lost the most games this past season. Jason Kidd was fired as coach in Milwaukee, who then hired a good coach, and the Bucks are now in position to win the East. That's never a good thing when another coach steps in and takes basically the team that you had all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Kurt Rambis was the interim coach of the Knicks after Derek Fisher got fired. Rambis went 9-19 nine and 19 and was also fired. Frank Vogel did have some success in Indiana, but eventually flamed out with the Pacers and then also flamed out in Orlando. I think the degree of difficulty is very high for Frank Vogel to succeed with the Lakers obviously much will depend on who the Lakers get in free agency this summer. If they can secure a star, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, and get healthy seasons from their core guys, the Lakers have a chance at maybe a five seed in the West. Just remember, the West is already loaded. But based on the decisions made, hirings, firings, draft picks, trades, and injury luck of the Lakers over the past seven years, I would say probability is much higher that Vogel is not coaching the Lakers very long. Lakers are coming up on a seven- year anniversary of the last time the Lakers won a playoff game. Not a series, a game. So let's jump in real quick to the ineptitude of the Lakers. In those seven years, the Lakers gave Kobe a two year forty eight million dollar contract. He played one hundred and seven games in these last three seasons, all of which ended with the Lakers in the lottery. Twenty fourteen the Lakers hired Byron Scott. That's never a good thing. Twenty fourteen the Lakers drafted Julius Randle at number seven. In his first game, Julius Randle broke his leg and missed the entire season. 2015, the Lakers in the lottery again. They drafted D'Angelo Russell at two. Porzingis and Devin Booker were available. 2016, Lakers in the lottery again. Drafted Brandon Ingram. Jalen Brown was available. 2016, Lakers fired Byron Scott. Clearly that was not the right hire. 2016, the Lakers gave Luel Deng a four-year, $72 million contract and Timofei Mozgov a four-year, $64 million contract. 2017, the Lakers had to trade away D'Angelo Russell in order to offload the Mazgoff contract. 2017, Lakers in the lottery again draft Lonzo Ball at two. Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell were available. Lonzo would get injured both of his first two seasons. He has played 99 games in his first two seasons. 2018, Lakers do not have a pick in a loaded draft because of the Steve Nash trade. In the summer of 2018, they let Julius Randle and Brooke Lopez walk and use the cap space to sign Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Leading to this season that just ended, the Lakers miss the playoffs again. LeBron and Lonzo get hurt. LeBron misses 25 games. Magic Johnson quits in a bizarre press conference. The Lakers fire Luke Walton, cannot secure their first choice, Monty Williams, to coach, or Ty Lue, their second choice, to coach, and hire their third choice, Frank Vogel. So there's definitely some bad luck in there with injuries and timing of the high draft picks. Also give some credit to the Lakers because they did sign LeBron last summer, and I think Russell and Randall were good draft picks. But there were also some terrible decisions in there. The Dang and Moskov contracts, the free agent signings last summer, the turnover at head coach, drafting at 7-2-2-2 in the lottery four years in a row and having very little to show for it, letting Randall and Lopez walk last summer. Overall, there's a track record of ineptitude over the last seven years that now leave LeBron and Frank Vogel with a high degree of difficulty for success this coming season in a loaded Western Conference. Sunday, we had two Game 7s and both really delivered. In the early game, Portland came from 17 down and overcame a subpar performance from Dame Lillard to win in Denver, 196. Huge game by C.J. McCollum, who had 37, and the biggest bucket of the game with 11 seconds to go that put Portland ahead for good. Rodney Hood hyperextended his knee, but the Portland bench stepped up and got the job done. Huge win for Portland, and what a season for them to get to the Western Conference Finals and face Golden State. Starting tonight, Steph Curry versus Seth Curry starting tonight make sure you watch it in the later game Kawhi made one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen considering the stakes it was actually the first game-winning buzzer beating series ending in a game seven in NBA history and it bounced on the rim like four times the game was tight the entire way all the Sixers were in double figures Serge Ibaka played well for Toronto but the story was Kawhi who had 41, including the fall away, falling out of bounds bucket over Embiid with time expiring and game seven tied. It hit the rim like four times, bounces around, hangs, and finally drops in. What a game to be at live. Those in attendance will never forget that moment. And Toronto now in the Eastern Conference Finals. One more note, yesterday the Cavs hired John Beeline from the University of Michigan. Beeline agreeing to a five-year contract to become the Cavs' new head coach. First of all, good for Coach B. Going to be impossible to replace at Michigan. Coach B had tons of success and zero scandals. He's generally considered to be the cleanest coach in college basketball. Coach B had two Big Ten titles, two Big Ten tournament titles, two trips to the Final Four, two trips to the title game, and turned two or three star recruits into NBA players. He's outstanding at player development. But the Cavs' job is going to be tough. LeBron is gone, and... Big-name free agents are not going to Cleveland. So Cleveland basically has to ace the draft and role-player free agency going forward and really excel at player development. I would say if Cleveland makes the playoffs in the spring of 2021, then Coach B will have been a successful hire. Cavs should think about, like, maybe Brooklyn. So Brooklyn was a lottery team for two or three years in a row, did well in the draft. They drafted Karis Levert and Jarrett Allen. They did well in trades, securing D'Angelo Russell, who then made the All-Star team. They picked up... Spencer Dinwiddie off the waiver wire and turned him into a very good guard, and now they have a good core. Then they added some veterans, they got the right coach, and made the playoffs this year and made some noise in an exciting series against Philly. So obviously Cleveland, 19-63 and 63, this past season, should not have a goal of you know Eastern Conference Finals or NBA Finals. The goal should be kind of the back end of the East playoffs, similar to Brooklyn over the last three years. So like I said, if Coach B can get the Cavs into the back end of the Eastern Conference playoffs in the next couple of years, I think it's a successful hire and it puts the Cavs on the path to success. I'll be back in a couple of weeks to recap the Conference Finals and preview the NBA Finals. Thanks for listening.